Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this edition of World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today I'm joined in the studio by Dimitri Sevastopoulou, who's been covering the Trump presidency for the Financial Times so I thought I'd take the opportunity to take a look back at the first year of the presidency and at the challenges ahead. Let's start in a second with the immediate furore. There always is one at the moment. It's around James Comey and around the raid on Trump's lawyers' offices. But I'd also like to, in a minute, talk to you about your broader theory that after the first year, the real Trump is beginning to show his agenda. But let's start with the story of the day. Comey and Cohen. How serious are these latest developments for Trump in the Mueller investigation? It throws up so much drama. Are we at a very serious moment now? Well, I think there's two things going on. The first thing is more the drama and the theatre, which is that Jim Comey, who Trump had fired as the director of the FBI, has come out with a book, Higher Loyalty, in which the truth is he doesn't break an awful lot of news, but he does kind of explain in his own words a lot of the situations that happened during his short tenure under Donald Trump, how Donald Trump at one point asked him for loyalty, asked him to back off on the investigation into Michael Flynn, the former national security advisor who has since pled guilty, and how Trump, he said, was basically morally unfit to be president, which is a pretty amazing statement for anyone who has been in that position to make, and particularly from Comey, who has always been seen as a very straight-laced guy. Some people are saying he's taking his revenge against Trump because he was fired, and there probably is a slight element of that. But that's more that is, I think, theatre and drama. The more serious issue for Trump is the Mueller investigation and various offshoots of that. Um, Most recently, what we have seen is that uh, Michael Cohen, who is Trump's personal lawyer, uh, worked for him at the Trump Organization and still represents him in a personal capacity, has essentially had a lot of his documents, audio recordings of conversations seized by the uh, law enforcement authorities. And there's now a case winding its way through the New York courts, trying to work out whether prosecutors and investigators can access all of that information, which includes conversations with Donald Trump, and presumably some very sensitive conversations, given that it's between Trump and his lawyer, or whether attorney-client privilege will come into play and some of the information will not be available to prosecutors. More broadly, I I think Trump now feels that he's under assault from Robert Mueller, from the uh, U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York. There's various state attorneys around the country who are starting to look at Donald Trump as well. So it feels like he's in a pressure cooker and the pressure is increasing, not decreasing. And it's coming at a time when we have huge foreign policy issues from Syria to North Korea to Iran. And Trump's tone, I mean, his tweets have been a signature of his presidency and they've always been a bit peculiar, let's face it. But they seem to be becoming increasingly hysterical. I mean, all this stuff about Comey being a slime ball about some other FBI official lied, lied, lied in block capitals. Is there a sense that Trump is kind of losing it in some way or is this just the way it's always been? I think in a sense, it's the way it's always been. If you think back to the campaign, whether it was low energy Jeb Bush, little Marco Rubio, crooked Hillary, 
more recently we've had sloppy Steve Bannon, now we have slimeball Jim Comey. Well, that one doesn't rhyme, but it's it's essentially in the same pattern. I think what you find, and Trump has said this himself, is that when someone attacks him directly or he feels under siege, he tends to lash out, to punch out, and Twitter is his weapon, and he's using it more aggressively now. He's clearly trying to convince his base and more broadly the Republican Party that this investigation into him is a fake investigation driven by the Democrats who are unhappy that they lost the White House. And there's some evidence that it works with his base, but the problem is that more broadly people are starting to see him as being unhinged. And if you step back, the real question is, is Donald Trump going to fire either Robert Mueller or the number two official in the Department of Justice who oversees Mueller's investigation. And if he did, how would Congress react? Would we have a constitutional crisis that could eventually lead to the impeachment of the president? Or will the Republicans roll over and just let it continue the way it's been? And last Mueller question before we get on to actual policy. It's been suggested to me that one of the possible significances of the raid on Cohen's office, on the lawyer's office, is that it opens up another line of inquiry by another prosecutor, so that even if he did miraculously succeed in shutting down Mueller, there's all this other stuff going on now. That's right. And frankly, even if he shuts down Mueller, the FBI investigators who are working under Mueller are going to keep doing their job. And likewise, he could technically fire the US attorney in in the Southern District of New York. But if he did that, that office would still keep pursuing their investigation. You know, documents from the Trump organization have also been subpoenaed. We have the Michael Cohen documents and recordings. There's clearly other things that are being looked at now that potentially relate to Donald Trump's business. I mean, we don't know. But Trump himself a year ago in an interview with the New York Times made clear that he doesn't like the Russia investigation. That's pretty clear. But he said if Mueller or, frankly, anyone else went anywhere near his company and his finances, well, that would be a red line. Well, we're in that territory now. Meanwhile, he, of course, has to run the country and conduct American foreign policy. And um, you said to me earlier that you think that one of the things that's happening is that the real Trump is showing now in the second year of his presidency. What do you mean by that? If you look at his first year, it's true that in the first few days, he did some of the things that he had talked about during the campaign. So he withdrew America from the Trans-Pacific Partnership trade deal, which was a big move. Later on, he decided that the US would no longer take part in the Paris Climate Accord, which was also something he had said during the campaign. However, many of the things he promised, he hasn't been able to accomplish. So on the Iran deal, The nuclear deal is still in place. Now, I think it's in dangerous territory right now, but Trump had vowed to tear that up on day one. If you look at his two signature campaign messages, and I followed him around for 20 months on the campaign trail, more or less, it was build that wall on the US-Mexico border. And it was, I'm going to clamp down on China and other countries that are basically abusing America and have huge trade surpluses with America. Well, in year one, he made practically zero progress in terms of building a wall. Let alone making Mexico pay for it. And Mexico is certainly not going to pay for it in any way, shape or form. And the Republicans don't want to pay for it. So actually, no one wants to pay for Donald Trump's wall. And so that so far is going nowhere. And when it came to trade last year, it was fascinating. He essentially did nothing, particularly vis-a-vis China. And the U.S. trade deficit with China and some of the other countries that he's been most vocal about actually expanded under his watch. And the third thing I would say was he had a number of officials around him last year, like Gary Cohn, who was the top economic advisor in the White House, Rex Tillerson, who was the former Exxon CEO, who was Secretary of State, and a few others 
who were seen as the more moderate adults in the room, who were kind of a counter to the Steve Bannons and some of the more feisty characters in his administration. Well, some of those more moderates have now either quit or been pushed out. H.R. McMaster, the National Security Advisor, is gone. Tillerson's gone. Gary Cohen's gone. And we have now people like John Bolton, who's a very right-wing hawk, as National Security Advisor in the White House. So the people have changed, and the people around him now, I think, are more aligned with his worldview. And over the last couple of months, we've seen that Trump has taken a much tougher approach on China when it comes to trade. And so it's almost like last year was fake Trump, and now this year we're reverting to real Trump. The Trump that promised lots of things on the campaign seems to be emerging again. And I guess that is quite concerning for the American establishment, because I remember this time last year, oddly enough, when Trump staged some strikes on Syria, that seemed to me almost the point where a lot of people in Washington said, well, you know, maybe he might be quite a conventional president. This is a decisive action of the sort we're looking for. And there was a sense that Trump was being tamed. And now we have Trump pretty much untamed. Yes, that's right. And I think, you know, a year ago, the Mueller investigation, well, at that point, it wasn't Mueller, but the initial FBI investigation was nowhere near the kind of dangerous territory for Trump that it is now. You know, that was a, a surgical strike that many people said, well, actually, Obama should have done something like that. So even a number of Democrats welcomed that move by Trump a year ago. And I think his recent action on Syria, it's not without critics, but it's one of the lesser controversial things that he has done. But the real question is, how does he handle, you know, possible summit with Kim Jong-un in North Korea? How does he deal with the relationship with Russia, bilateral relationship and the situation in Syria? Does he actually now tear up the Iran deal in May, which is another crucial point? And what impact is the Mueller investigation, the Russia investigation, having on his ability to think about all these very, very serious issues? I mean, if you're under siege, you tend not to make good decisions. And I think that's what a lot of people are worried about. Is is he going to kind of lurch in some way because he feels threatened by something else? And let's face it, we didn't have that much faith in his decision-making ability even before this. So a Trump who was allegedly called by his own Secretary of State a moron was highly volatile and is now under all this added pressure is quite a prospect. I mean, the other thing that people often said was, well, in the first year, he hasn't yet faced a big foreign policy crisis, and that will be the test. Do you think we're getting close to that? It felt a bit like that last weekend with the Syria strikes and these very threatening noises coming from Russia. A lot of people saying this is the worst US-Russian relationship since the Cold War. Well, I think in the immediate term, I think the relationship with Russia is the one where the stakes right now are the highest. I mean, you've got the expulsions of diplomats, you've got the situation in Syria, you have the US sanctions on Russia and some of the Russian oligarchs. On the other hand, this week, we were expecting Trump to impose more sanctions on Russia because Nikki Haley, the American ambassador to the UN, had said that was coming. And yet Trump seems to pull back. And he still seems to want to have a better relationship with Russia. And a very interesting story, actually, in the Washington Post, which was when Trump's staff, who frankly across the board are quite tough on Russia, when they recommended that the US expel 60 diplomats, and Trump was told that the Europeans will also expel diplomats, Trump seemed to assume that the European countries would each expel 60 diplomats so that the US wouldn't stand out, when in fact it was Europe in total expelling 60 Russians and the US expelling 60 Russians. And Trump apparently was very angry at that because it made him look like the tough guy vis-a-vis Russia. So there's still a very, very complicated relationship there. And just to link that back to Jim Comey for a second, one of the things that he said, I think, in his interview with ABC ahead of his book coming out was that he said it was conceivable that the Russians had some information on Trump that was compromising the US president. 
which is quite, you know, it is whatever he's been looking for, but it's still quite an extraordinary thing to be say from a man who's probably in a better position to know than anyone. He was, after all, director of the FBI. Unprecedented. So to conclude, let's just look ahead at the flashpoints for the next couple of months. This Russia stuff, I don't think is going to go away. The Mueller stuff is gathering steam. And then there's, of course, the Korean summit, which is due, although do you think it's definitely going to take place? Plus, there's China and the prospect of an escalating trade war. I mean, you'll have to look at all of them. We, the FT, will have to look at all of them. But which of those do you think is going to be most important? I think the one that should be most important is North Korea, because here is a country that has developed nuclear weapons that either can already hit the United States or is very close to being able to do so. The North Koreans seem to be reaching out to America, whether that's a genuine desire to come to some kind of accord with Washington or whether it's a delaying tactic to allow them to develop more weapons, we don't know. But that is probably the most critical, I would say, hotspot in the world is still the Korean Peninsula, notwithstanding Russia and China and these other things. So how he handles that is going to be really, really important. I think the other thing, just to bear in mind, which is unrelated to foreign policy, but I think bears on Trump's state of mind, is he's also looking ahead to the November congressional elections and the potential for the Democrats to take the House away from the Republicans, which is looking more likely than it was six months ago, which then opens the door to the possibility of impeachment. So I think at the back of Trump's mind, he's also looking ahead eight months and thinking, well, I could have an even bigger battle from Capitol Hill if Nancy Pelosi becomes Speaker of the House. So it's, I think it's a really intense period that we're just about to enter now. Yeah, well, I suppose the one thing we can predict is that it's highly unpredictable and that, as you say, these stories are going to probably just intensify over the next few months. So I'm sure we'll come back to talk to you and to the Washington team generally in the next few weeks. But for now, thank you very much to Dimitri Sevastopoulou. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.